0: the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Focused on Forward. I'm very excited to have uh, our guest here today. Uh, So A little bit of backstory about our guest. I was watching some videos on TikTok, as you do when you're bored and you're looking for something to do on a Saturday afternoon, and I came across uh, this particular TikTok creator's page, and I thought, man, this guy's got such a cool story, and then his wife was involved in some of the storytelling as well, and I thought, man, she adds a lot of flavor to what's going on here, so it's my pleasure to introduce you to Andrew and his wife, Alexis, now, typically on, on Focus on Forward, when we talk about overcoming things, we talk about overcoming uh, physical problems. We talk about overcoming addictions and, and alcoholism or things along those lines. We've also started recently to talk about things that affect our mental health, things that affect our, our personal well-being. And that's very much what Andrew's story is. So, I'm excited to turn the floor over to Andrew and his wife, Alexis, and they're going to tell this story. Sit down, buckle up, kids. It's going to be a fun one. Go ahead, guys.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Um, I'm Andrew. This is Alexis.
0: Hi. And
1: uh, my story uh, essentially starts, uh, I guess, in my childhood. Um, I don't remember much before four years old. Uh, I remember. Colorado. And I remember a lot of snow. And we lived in this tiny little house that was attached to a couple of other tiny little houses. And it was next door to a daycare. So everything was kind of really easily taken care of. Um, As a a kid, I would get really sick. And I didn't remember why Uh, everything started clicking on or clicking later on. Um, But I would have severe earaches. I would have uh, fevers and all sorts of really horrible stuff that the only way I was taken care of was to be put in an armchair and covered with a, a blanket and left. Um, my mother was never really much in the picture at that point. Uh, she, uh, she wasn't much in the picture at all. She. Provided very little of the uh, maternal instincts that I assume a mother would have, Um, but uh, you know, growing up was was hard in that I grew up very quickly. I learned how to do uh, my laundry. I learned how to cook. I learned how to clean, Uh, uh, not well, according to my wife, (laughs) not quite up to standard. Um,
2: You do your best. I do my
1: best. I try. Uh, So as I was growing up. I never really noticed that anything was off. I always thought that my childhood was normal. I always felt like I had uh, a normal mother who was just away from her ex-husband for varying reasons, anything from uh, his addiction to Dungeons and Dragons to uh, satanic cults, (laughs) satanic cults. Um, So, I get later on in my life, um, I would say around high school, when I start pushing back. You know, I'm a teenager, I'm not giving uh, my mother what she wanted out of me. And I, 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 I came to a point where I finally met someone who gave me more of a feeling of being a part of a family, a part of being loved than I had ever felt before in my life. And that was Alexis. And to this day, she just provides so much to my life. But uh, I digress. Um, So after meeting Alexis, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, that's fine. Just real quick. How old were you when when the two of you met?
1: (laughs) I was eight. 18, she was 17. It turns out I was 19, and she was 17. (laughs)
2: We'll get to that part.
1: (laughs)
0: We'll get to that. that. Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, So during this whole process, I, of course, you know, we fooled around. It was, it was fun. We were teenagers. We got to enjoy life. Um, I did everything I could to stay out of the sight of my mother to keep this relationship going.
2: And um, Well, that's because she kept you isolated from everybody.
1: From everybody. From, from a very early point in my childhood, I was kept alone. Um, I started working when I was 11 to help pay bills, to help buy food, and again, I thought all this was normal, but you know, meeting Alexis, I, I started realizing what a family was about, what it was like, what it was meant to be, I guess, was more of the apropos statement. So uh, a funny story, whenever I first went over to her house, I apparently, and then things skip my mind regularly because I have learned to shut them out heavily. That's, that's part of my um, mental restriction that was put upon me. Um, I'm
0: sure a bit of a coping mechanism as well.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Oh, yes. No, it it has
1: been an atrocity on my life to not be able to remember a lot of the things that I wish I could. But I walked into her house. And I look around and I'm like, Wow, you're rich. <laughs> like really rich, like what's going on here? Have I like stumbled into a a trust fund or something? What's what's going on?
2: Now to put it into perspective for you, uh, my parents lived in a 1500 square foot ranch home on a dirt road. Um, (laughs) We were not rich. We were, you know, lower middle-class family. We were having spaghetti that night for dinner.
0: (laughs) But he just stopped. Clearly the Rockefellers. Oh
2: yeah, he truly did. And I was like, what do you mean? rich
1: what are you talking about um so as a as a comparative from the the time i could remember uh we moved several times i'm talking when we hit the state we were in we moved two to three times a year uh i lived in every apartment complex in the area that had just they were all very very uh low income very uh I've seen some horrible things because of it. I have um, been involved in. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So you know, two to three times a year. But what's funny is she always kept me in the same school district, and that plays in later on. Um, So, back to Alexis. Um, (laughs) uh, Upon meeting her, she became concerned about me more than I had realized. She started looking into, you know, I don't look anything like my mother. So that was really a big first off. Um,
2: well, none of it really made any sense why he, when we first met, he said, I don't have any family. And I was like, how can you not have any family? That, what? <laughs> He's like, well, I just don't have any family. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, um, so that was, Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was the, the first hindrance in, in my background. And as time went on, uh, she started asking more and more questions of my mother because, frankly, I had been trained, um, groomed, per se, to not ask questions, at least not ask questions of her. I loved school. I loved knowledge. I've loved learning. I just never loved learning about myself. And it was kind of a dark, scary place for me. Um, So Alexis shone a light. In that dark scary place and uh, things went downhill real quick, real quick. Um, so about half a year into our relationship, I, st- I, in 11th grade I decided I was going to college. Um, a couple of friends and I, we all kind of came to a conclusion that we were all going to go to the same college. So we had planned for it, we had done this that and the other uh, unfortunately, I needed my mother for student loans, so she had to be a, a, a signature
0: secretary. for it. Yeah, and, a, a guarantee, a guarantor, yeah, call it guarantor. Yeah.
1: yeah. So when I was getting ready to go to college after my or during my senior year, I was told that I had to break up with Alexis. There really was no rhyme or reason behind it; just that my mother did not want her involved in my life anymore and of course there were uglier terms used but that's that's the general uh, statement that she but, made
0: yeah so that was the line that that your mother drew in the sand this has to happen. Yes she wouldn't sign
2: for college nothing
0: yeah, wouldn't give me housing wouldn't help me at all
2: and
1: you know she had used this before over and over again she told me i could never join the military or i was kicked out of the house and this was when i was like 13 so that scared me I've always been scared of of being left alone. I have really bad abandonment issues because of it. And she used that. She used that excessively. Uh, One of her favorites, actually. Um, So I break up with Alexis and it was, it killed me. It truly deadened a part of me that I had hoped for my entire life. So I went to college. I went through my first year. Um, My first semester was okay. Uh, I started dating another girl. That turned out terribly. And in the process of that, I would come back home and meet Alexis and we would talk and just spend time together. Um, And then I would go back to school and act like it had never happened. And of course that that made me look like a, I, I was, I was garbage at that point in time. <laughs> so um, when my second semester came around, I had broken up with this girl and was talking to Alexis. Um, my anger at that point had gone through the roof, and it was it was bad. I saw red. I wasn't able to control myself. Um, my driving habits were affected by it. People didn't want to be around me because I was physically violent. It it was, it was pretty bad. So Alexis decided that she did not want to be a part of my life until I was able to overcome those anger issues. And told
2: him to seek help.
1: And of course, seeking help meant that I would have to uh, go against what my mother had always taught me. And that was help from a psychiatric, from a mental health, aspect was always going to be detrimental to me. Um, She loved going to therapists and psychologists and she was, oh my God, my mother was absolutely intelligent, more so than I can ever hope to, to portray. She would manipulate not only what I said, but she would manipulate how the psychiatrist or therapist would react. And it always ended with, "Your mother's right. You need to change." And being that kind of wrong for so long um, really had an effect. What is
0: you child think that? Well, if you think about it, that's a scary kind of brilliant. And uh, being able yeah. to manipulate a, a, a trained professional, a mental health professional, into you know angling the conversation how she wants it. Yep.
2: Yeah, no, she was. Uh, she was brilliant. She truly was. We didn't realize how smart she was until much later on.
1: We need to uh, we need to question why she used it for evil and not for good. Yes. <laughs> so um, you know, being told that I needed help or I needed to seek help really just poked the bear, stoked the fire. Um, but it it again destroyed me. So that was that was time number two in within a year period that I was broken down so bad that I couldn't stand back up. So my grades dropped. I had to leave the college or the university I was in because I no longer could hold the scholarships. Uh, so I ended up moving back home and spent about, a, about six months with my mother again. And in that time, she controlled every aspect of my life. Now I worked a lot. I was going to uh, the local community college and I worked three separate jobs. So I would uh, be at work at 7 a.m. in the bookstore, leave there at 10 to go to school from or 10 to 12. I can't remember. Then I would go to school until about 4. From there, I would work at Pizza Hut until about 11. From 11 to 5 or 6 the next morning, I would work at the UPS uh, Air Hub filling airplanes. And... Then I would, I would sleep in the parking lot of the school so that I could go to work again the next day wow. um,
2: or in an hour. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I did that for about a year and a half wow. or so. Uh, but in the process of doing all this, I decided, you know, it was in my best interest to get out. So I found an apartment. And the only way that I could find an apartment was to have help. You know, I couldn't be alone. So I called Alexis.
2: <laughs> and at this time I was com- dating a completely different person, living a completely separate life. And I was actually at my then boyfriend's house and he called me and asked if I would help him and move in. And I knew the strength that that took for him to call and ask for help. So I told him, I, I took a few days and I told him yes. Um, which my then boyfriend was not very happy with, and I was about to move in with <laughs> my I was, was going to
0: say, I'm sure that made his day.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. So needless to say, we broke up, um, and uh, I moved in with, or I decided to move in with Andrew. Um,
1: The way it all occurred was was pretty uh, underhanded. So we had paid the first month's rent and whatever fees we needed to, so... <laughs> We had to actually wait for them to, to paint an accent wall so it was a 400 square foot apartment with a kitchen where you could basically put your back up against the sink and your toes uh, touching the fridge
0: <laughs> <Nice>. so
2: um,
1: <laughs> the accent wall was bright green um and it was like one of four walls in the entire apartment <laughs> so we had to wait for that uh, it, it was mid-december when we learned about that and we were going to move in january first. first. So at that point in time, my mother decided that it was in her ability to stop me from moving in with Alexis. And she gave me my last ultimatum of my teenagehood and said, you move in with her and we're done. You're out. I said... I'm moving in with her. So I was kicked out December 23rd. Yes. 2006. And I was on the street. With my stuff. <laughs> and I yet again. Sucked it up. And called Alexis. And I said I, I have nowhere to go. Um, I know we're going to move in together. But it's it's going to take me some time. To get my stuff to where we need to be. And she did the biggest thing that had ever happened to me in my life and that was she took me in
2: her and her family yeah I was living with my family or my parents at the time and I called my mom and told her what was happening and she basically was like absolutely not and Andrew will not be on the streets he can come live with us so he came and we had a, a kitten we had picked up this kitten a few months prior um that was living with me at my mom's house until <laughs> we moved in together um so, this crazy kitten but she he came and lived with us until we moved in together um, and he spent Christmas with us and that was his first real Christmas.
1: I, I had never been involved with a family Christmas before and it was it was something out of a picture book. It was magic. I I slept on the couch I got to... S- be next to a Christmas tree. I got to have a Christmas dinner. I had a Christmas breakfast
2: and
0: it was
2: magical. Christmas presents
0: under the Christmas tree. And I- I... So coming from the background you you were coming from, did you kind of feel like you were on the outside looking into this or? I I mean, it sounds like Alexis's family was very welcoming to you and, and, and inclusive of you but did you still feel a little separated from what was going on based on your upbringing
1: due to my mother's manipulation i always went with family will let you down do not trust family and even this to this day i still feel like i'm on the outside i have a hard time hugging
0: her parents i have a hard time um I hope they don't listen to this.
2: It's, <laughs> but, it's not,
0: but yeah, but it's clearly not because of who they are, or no, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Absolutely yeah,
2: not. it, no, it, it has definitely. more to do
0: with with your upbringing than who they are. So and they there's, there's, that. right? There's so yeah, there's a clear line of distinction there, of of your challenges versus your feelings for them.
1: Yeah. Now, my mother did well in in
0: training me to not
1: trust in general. Um, one story I, I used as a, as a catalyst for that notion is I went to Disney World with her when I was, I believe, seven or eight years old. So this was um, after, I think, a year or two after we moved to the state we're in now. And, the, you know, Disney World, this was big for a kid. Huge. This was 1993, yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh-huh. And so I was so excited, but I was sick. I was sick again. So, um, I was just getting over something and I was given medicine. And instead of allowing me to have something that I could just, you know, drink, uh, my mother forced me to start taking pills and we were driving there. Um, the majority of the time she would hand me a drink and force me to do it in the car while we're driving. So I don't, I don't know. Most people don't have like motion sicknesses and whatnot, but To be able to do that is difficult for someone learning how to do that. Uh, So it would usually like she'll hit a pothole or something and the pill would come out and go into the bottle and dissolve. And she would yell at me for wasting medicine. She would yell at me for 10 other things. And then she would turn around for about 10 20 minutes and drive home. And then she turned back around. And she did that four or five times on the way there. when we got there, uh, I, I got to attend the Ninja Turtle concert, which is the whole reason I wanted to go. Like, that was that was it. Um, nice. So <laughs> we did that once and had breakfast at the whatever castle once. And then for the rest of the week, she found every reason to yell at me and keep me in the hotel hotel room, I think it was, oh, it was I'm pretty sure it was a hotel, um, but they had in-service nannies. So I would always get the same nanny. She would always come in. She was younger, probably 17, 18 years old, would always complain about her classmates calling her the Jolly Green Giant. So I listened to this girl's story every day for like five days straight. <laughs> it was, it was terrible. I hope if she hears this, that, that I apologize for what she went through. I was just too young to help her.
0: <laughs> but young um, to help, too, too young to appreciate what she was dealing with, so.
1: Yeah, yes. So my mother would go to, like, I, the one I remember specifically was Epcot. I really wanted to go to Epcot. I really wanted to go in and, and enjoy the technological aspect of it. I just never got to. So at the end of the trip, um, I made that statement. I, I stood up for myself, and I said that I wish I was able to have enjoyed uh, going there a little bit more. And she she sat me down in front of the park. So there's the entrance, and then there's this big gathering area where the parking lot is. Um, you're yeah. talking hundreds of people.
0: Yeah, I know where it's um, at.
1: So, you know, the this, this stone, um, they, were, they were circular at the time. Yeah. So she sat me down on one of those, kneeled down, looked me straight in the eyes, and said, I'm leaving you here. And walked away into the crowd. And lucky me, I was able to uh, bolt faster than than she could walk in the crowd and managed to make my way to the car, open the door, get in, Um, I assume before she realized. And of course, there's too many people there for her to kick me out. So (laughs) she had to take me with her. Um, Sometimes I wish that I had just stayed
0: with the cats. Do you think that she was actually going to leave you there or do you think that she was just doing that again to manipulate
1: it's difficult to say um no, at yes, this mother, point i
2: think she would have left you
1: being being uh involved in the information that we have about her now i would say that she was probably 100 percent serious okay but even okay you know even being that young i still knew it was a tactic. I still knew it was a ploy of some sort. I didn't know if she would 100% go through with it, but I wasn't going to take that chance. I learned survival instincts really early on. Um, but that, you know, that led into my birthdays being, uh, She one specifically, I remember she would come up, she gave me a cupcake, she bit it in half, and then told me happy birthday and walked off. And that was it. That was That was the big birthday um, that every story that I have that was a good memory with her is always, uh, followed by something much, much worse. Um, we have a a running joke in my current family, this, this beautiful family that I have right now that every person that gets involved with her has PTSD in one way or another. You just, you just don't walk away from her. So, um, you know, so we've, we finally moved in with Alexis, or Alexis and I finally moved into the apartment, and my mother decided that's when she really wanted to get involved in my life again. After kicking me out, after saying she wouldn't help us at all, she she would come and uh, knock on our door when no one was home. Like, beat on the door, the neighbors said something about it. I think they even called the, the management of the apartment complex a couple of times. and. You know, we, I would be in school or at work. Alexis would be at work and we would get like dozens of nasty phone calls and text messages um, saying we weren't there. We weren't there for and blah, blah, blah.
2: Where were you? I have no clue where you are. I'm at work. I went on my own. I'm almost 20 years old.
1: Yeah, it was, it was interesting times. Um, So she continued that number for a while. Uh, we stayed at that apartment for maybe a year. There was there was some really bad stuff that went down there. So it was decided that we were going to move. We moved across the street to these beautiful little townhomes. Um, loved them, absolutely loved them. We were rented out by some. I cannot remember her name, but she was this older woman who, you know, took took cash. <laughs> and uh, never nice. really asked questions so nice you know, we, we loved her a lot she lived just down the street and um that was you know my mother started really trying to be how to, how to put this she really tried to intercede in our life at, at such a massive level at that point um tried to manipulate both of us there was no stopping her if you will
2: um at this point is whenever we actually got the internet for the first time yeah and I started looking trying to find Andrew's family and every single time I'd get to a certain point and it wouldn't go any farther than that um and we stopped at 1993 um which was concerning to me and I would tell him and he's like yeah whatever I I don't have family it's fine um (laughs) so just to intercede there
0: yeah, I have no, to assume was... that 1993 has some significance later on. It does. It does, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not Florida. Sherlock Holmes, but I can I can read the writing on that wall. <laughs> yeah, 1993. The wall is the side of a barn, basically. Um, I should have seen it. I really should
1: have. I just...
2: You were trained not to. I really was. Trained not to ask questions or think for yourself. Just about myself. Yes. So...
1: Um, you know, one day I was, I was driving home and this was the, the main original kicker for how all this kind of started. Um, I was driving home from work. It was a long day. I was not wanting to speak to her at all. But my mother called me and I picked up reluctantly and it was nothing but complaining, moaning, uh, talking about her job, how everyone's against her normal stuff the basically everything that we heard every time we spoke to her um and her phone cut off call dropped nothing more than a call drop i tried to call her back instantaneously no pickup she spent the next well let's let's say after probably a few days worth of really horrific messages and texts i'm talking Really bad stuff. um She spent the next, what, three years? Yeah. The next three years not talking to
2: us. She disowned Andrew, said that she was never going to talk to us again, and that he was just a horrible human being. We'll leave it at that instead of getting into the nitty gritty of what she said. Yeah.
1: Be over sure. a dropped call? Over a, yeah, drop over call, a dropped call, single dropped call. That wasn't even my dropped call. It was her phone. So, okay. Um... Understood.
2: she <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was really random. I was like, oh, okay.
1: That was the best three years of our
0: life at that point in time.
2: It really was. It's kind kind
0: of sad, actually. Uh, (laughs) It is. It is. But it's
1: it's funny. Along the the line, it's funny uh, looking back. (laughs) So we spent a few years at this. Uh, townhome duplex. We loved living there. We got our first dog. It was a little beagle with Jack Russell, mix name, Zoe. Um, we had a neighbor who was a really good friend. I mean, he, he, like, he stopped the cops from taking my car when a person who signed up for the military uh, took the money and ran and then gave them my information, home address, car,
2: yeah. Bad luck.
1: So, uh, about three <laughs> oh, in the that morning, sounds like they, fun. Yeah. They were, uh, they were attempting to tow my car. He runs out there. He's this huge six foot four, burly, red-haired Viking of a man.
2: Um, it starts yelling at and him. It just starts
1: tearing him to pieces, <laughs> yelling, telling, you know, that's this guy, the other guy you're looking for is down the road. He, The guy lived like four or five houses down. So they, they went and um, took care of that.
2: Those three years is whenever Andrew really started opening up and accepting people into his life, having friends, having life. Yeah. Um, it was his first taste of freedom away from his mother, which is why it was the best years of our life. And that was the Well,
0: between, yeah, you're able to start seeing the world as a different place. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have somebody breathing down my neck telling me that I couldn't. Uh, so we that's stayed a there big, for that's about... That's a big deal.
2: And that was just two years... Yeah, we lived there for two years.
1: We lived there for about two years and we had to move because there was a shooting kidnapping across the street. So we're like, Nope, we're gone.
2: Well and my mother was going to school a few blocks down and
0: <laughs> had her, her converter, converter, had cat a converter got stolen off
2: of her truck. Cut she was like, Y'all live in the ghetto, y'all need to move. So after the, the I'm kidnapping sorry. and the
0: That's yes.
1: impressive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like she apparently they heard the the sawzall going off and they ran out and you know nothing was missing so she turned her car on and I heard this truck without the catalytic converter it I jumped oh I jumped and had to change my pants.
2: (laughs) So she she finally was like yeah if you live in a horrible neighborhood you need to move so they found this little house that was like three doors down from them and um, they helped us move into it and that was our little
1: house. That was the, be- really, truly the beginning of our family. Up to that point, Alexis and I had not really conceded to being in a relationship together.
2: <laughs> we just lived together.
1: We just lived together. <laughs> um, it, it really came from the time where uh, we, we broke up the first time, broke up the second time. Um, all of that was culminated into this really messy idea of what our relationship was. So we, we just kind of lived mutually and it was it was great it was great we had friends uh, but when we moved into the house that really cemented us being in this very significant point in a relationship and we loved each other we still love each other Um, but that was that was big you know neither one of us had ever been at that point before neither one of us had ever felt that way about another person um so we furnish this little house we have a little dog we get we get another little no wait no is that yeah we got another
2: little or a big dog yeah
1: that second one was a big (laughs) one um so we get another dog two cats two two dogs and we are seriously considering the rest of our lives together um we're talking about marriage we're talking about having a kid and, you know, we're talking about buying a new fridge. I mean, the big stuff, the stuff that really,
2: really makes
0: a relationship. The, right. The everyday stuff of, of life. Yeah. Uh, so my mother comes back.
2: No. Oh. <laughs> I, I got sick.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. So it was my birthday. I was twenty.
2: You had just finished college. Four.
1: Yes. So that had to be. Yeah, that was 2012. Uh, in 2012, that birthday that I had, uh, we had burgers. You know, bacon, delicious cheeseburgers at her parents' house. Uh, we lovely. go home. Oh, it was it was so good.
2: Well, that's what they do every year for your birthday. You get to choose your meal and your cake. Andrew doesn't like cakes, so he gets to choose his pie. And my mother makes it, um, and she's cook- <laughs> a wonderful
0: cook, a delicious.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, so we get home and we go to bed, and I think. I was having I was having a panic attack or something that day. so something mentally just unstable because birthdays my were. birthdays were always that day will always sit sideways with me. I will never have good feelings about that day. Um, and it was it was hard.
2: His mother always made his birthday about her, never yeah. about him and it was never. Um, there were never good memories associated with his birthday, no matter how much me and my family tried, we just couldn't break that barrier
0: harder than others. That makes sense.
2: So I got sick. Um, my Andrew took some medication to help him sleep. Um,
1: and not just sick, like she has never shown pain, but three times in, in our lives together, three times, this was the first so I wake up to her telling me we need to go to the hospital. I'm groggy. I'm like, <laughs> And
2: I was like, "I can't drive. I need you to drive me. I'm sorry. I know you took medicine. I'm, I need to go."
1: So we make our way to the hospital, and I'm flipping out. Like I'm, I'm still in this very selfish period of my life. Very scared of being abandoned. I, I can't handle it. So they come in and they say she needs to go into surgery right away. Um from I guess I'll I'll just let you tell this part.
2: So I go into the emergency room and they do. It. They're like immediately, you need surgery. It's two o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I need surgery. And they're like, Yeah, your gallbladder is about to rupture, it needs to come out, you're about you're gonna get a septic. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, Andrew, of course, is like, I'll sign the papers. So well, they gave me um Dilaudid. And I was really out of it. So I can not sign for myself. Andrew was like, well, I'll sign the papers. And they're like, are you married? No. Um, so he had to call my mother at two o'clock in the morning. And she came and signed the papers and everything was taken care of. But that's really when I figured out that Andrew didn't have anybody to sign papers for him. If he were to go into the hospital, if something happened, he would be a ward of the state. And I wasn't okay with that. And I wanted to fix it. And Andrew had actually proposed to me a few times before that, and I'd always told him no.
1: Let me let me reiterate that a few times <laughs> a before. Few times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I told him no, but that was an eye-opening moment. It was a I don't want him to be alone. I don't. I just can't have that. So um, I called him one day while I was at work, and I told him that we needed to get married um, <laughs>
1: within a few weeks, mind you. Yeah, I was like, weeks.
2: I have uh, I had requested. Um, December twenty
1: first, twenty twelve.
2: Yes, off. Just Which, in case it was the end of the world.
1: For those that remember, <laughs> was the end of the Mayan calendar.
0: Yes.
2: Sorry, so I requested the it off. Long. Yes. <laughs> uh, so four years prior, I requested that day off, <laughs> and they, I was like, let's get married on this day. I already had the day off. It'll be fun. Let's do it. And he was like, okay. Um, so as we're planning the wedding, is when his mom came back.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. So she was unchanged. There's the, She the, still hated me. She still hated the fact <sighs> I was with her. She still wanted to control everything, but acted as if she wanted to be a part. And that came about with her requesting to do the rehearsal dinner. Being the person Alexis is, she's kind, loving, caring, and said, yes, you can do that.
2: Um, I just wanted to include her. That's Andrew's mom.
0: It's hard to say anymore. I know. And, <laughs> in any other circumstance, that would seem like a reasonable request.
2: Exactly. And I was like, maybe she's different now. So sure, you can, you can do it. That's fine.
0: This is the day before.
2: It was the day of.
1: The day of the dress rehearsal. My mother never
2: never showed up, never, nothing, nothing.
1: so we had to plan. Alexis and her mom planned a, just little rehearsal at the house, um, it's where we had the wedding, and we, we had a great time, but my mother had flaked.
2: And then it acted like nothing, like, oh, well, that was nothing, it's fine. Yeah.
1: Uh, but the day of the wedding was wonderful. I had a skull bow tie. I wore black Converse. I bought him a, bottom suit, <laughs> a tiny suit. It was his first suit ever. First suit. Um, it was it was beautiful. I teared up when I got to tell Alexis how much I loved her.
2: And it was very small, maybe 10, 15 people. We didn't want a huge wedding. It's just.
1: But guess who showed up? Yeah. <laughs> For about 15
2: minutes.
0: So the 16th person. Yes, okay. Yes, the 16th person
2: person showed up.
0: Uh, So she came in, took
1: maybe two pictures,
2: maybe. She stayed for the nuptials, and then I think we have two pictures of her there, and then she literally just left.
1: They're the most awkward pictures I've ever seen in my life, and we have a (laughs) six-year-old. So... (laughs) that's saying
2: she's like she's standing on one side of the room me and Andrew are on the other side of the room and then that's our picture together
1: (laughs) so uh we we get married we sign all the documents you know everything's good um my mother was still kind of there and still pushy in a lot of things but at that point in time we had been together for so long that it didn't really affect us that much. I mean, we, we were concerned if she came over, we were concerned if she wanted something, but we never really, Sorry. never really, uh, if we didn't want to deal with her, we didn't have to. So that was until we decided that we were gonna have a baby. And we went on our honeymoon, and a month later, Yeah. Alexis found out she was pregnant. Um, now, this was big because she was told she would never get pregnant. So okay. our, the, the.
2: by multiple doctors at my entire life. They had always told me I'd never have children. And so for me to come find out that I was pregnant was like, we were trying for a kid, but we were still shocked by the news. It was like, what? I'm not supposed to be able to get pregnant.
1: Talk uh, about <laughs> triumph after triumph after triumph.
0: Yeah. No, oh, that's awesome.
1: I mean, that, to overcome that, uh, it, it was big. So we were very happy. I remember the phone call. She, I, I was working as a, basically, a, a land surveyor's assistant sort of deal. And I got the phone call. She said, hey, uh, you have a second? I said, sure, yeah, what's up? Um, I've got some news. I'm not sure how you're going to take it. I was like, okay, let me sit down. You know, I just ate my lunch. Let me, let me drink some water real quick. <laughs> you know, what am I going to deal with here? Let me pull up she a chair. Says, Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I'm pregnant. And something in me changed. I think a lot of the loss I felt throughout my childhood, a lot of the abandonment, a lot of the, the, um, just really horrific things that I dealt with in my childhood just kind of floated away, and it was amazing. I loved it. I loved knowing that Alexis was pregnant. I loved that I got to take care of her during that time. Um, it was it was my favorite.
2: There was one part that he really struggled with, and that was that's when he really started pressuring pressuring his mother into knowing who he was. Um,
1: a lot of that came from the fact that I didn't want to end up like my mother. I didn't want to be that kind of parent. So that fear led me to ask more about who I was and where I came from.
0: Reasonable. Um,
1: And, you know, also there's, there's familial aspects, there's genetic aspects. You want to know what your child's going to have to deal with. Absolutely. So we, we were fervent. We pushed and we pushed and we pushed. And all we got was crying.
2: But- and at that point, so whenever we got married, I didn't take Andrew's last name because I had a feeling it was made up. Um, he grew up thinking that he was Spanish. Um, that's what his mother had always told him. So her okay. last name did not fit that bill. And I was like, there's no way that that's your real last name. So I refused to take his last name because I was not about to change my very powerful, prominent last name to a made-up last name.
0: Right, <laughs> so, one without any attachment, sure.
2: Yeah. So I kept asking her while when I was pregnant, did you change his name? And she finally admitted and said that she changed his last name. Um, nothing about the first name, just I changed his last name uh, because I got divorced. Oh, okay. oh uh-huh. But his last name still wasn't her maiden name, so it still didn't make any sense. I was like, I don't understand.
0: Okay, so that yeah, that that didn't make any sense. Yeah, because I'm thinking, okay, so she changed last name because of divorce. That makes absolute sense until you just said that.
2: Yeah. Yep. So it made no sense. It was like, so where did this name come from? Oh, you have I don't, and she wouldn't tell us.
1: Now, my entire life, I asked who my father was, and the only thing I managed to get out of her was the first name. Um, and of course, you know, horror stories about what he he. And I'm using air quotes here. What he did to me—threw um, me up against walls as an infant, you know, beat me, uh, yelled at me. Anyway, it, it was—it was bad. What she said. So I had always taken that
2: as truth. Well, there was one thing that I have to mention briefly. One of the stories was that um, Andrew was supposed to—he was apparently left-handed as a child, but his father beat it out of him. Um, that is a story that she told me multiple times and um, Interesting. there's a reason I am saying that and we will get to that in a second.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a little bit down the line, when Alexis is about ready to pop, my mother decides to make the trip down to our house, sit in front of us and had the gall to tell us that we were not fit parents or fit to be parents that we should not be having this baby, and since we are still having the baby, we should give it to her.
0: Oh my!
2: We were too young and inexperienced. We had no clue what we were doing. Um, oh wow! So, and we this, this wasn't the, the first. This this was the first time, but after that, the rest of the pregnancy, she pushed for his. We had a son. His name is Aries, um, and she pushed for him and wanted us to give him to her.
1: But we, we didn't even want her in the house until she was willing to give us some sort of information on my, my anything, anything regarding my family. Um, I was tired of hearing they're just dead. So uh, the day came, um, Alexis was in labor for 72 hours, active labor 24.
2: Now, mind you, real quick, before I went to labor, his mother would constantly ask to watch our son every night the night he's born. Yes. Um, she wanted him to, and she was being serious. I want him to spend the night with me. The night he is born. The night he is born. <laughs> How about now? So. <laughs> I was like, ah, I want to be there when the baby's born. I was like, absolutely not. Um,
1: so Alexis had a home birth. We had a doula. We had... A midwife, and we had Alexis's mother and me. Um, So at the 24 hour mark, it was October 30th, 6 p.m. I remember to the T. Aries was born. And like I said, Alexis had been in labor for 72 hours. At the end of it, she had been passing out, uh, mainly from pain (laughs) and blood loss. But she had not once cried. This woman is amazing, like absolutely amazing. I just can't even get over it. But that's that's the second, second time in her life that she was in pain.
2: Um or showed pain. Not in pain, just showed pain. Um so
1: she basically passed out for the rest of the night um after holding Aries for a little bit and then I took care of Aries for the rest of the night. He he slept that entire night. Um also something that comes in later. Because most kids are up screaming you
2: know. crying wanted to be fed every four hours.
1: Aries didn't do uh, that.
2: He slept. Yeah he slept.
1: So when oh and mind you during the pregnancy <laughs> during labor we had some older women come to the house to preach and we had we had to as nicely as we could tell them to leave because my <laughs> wife is on the couch screaming.
2: And they were fascinated because they never heard of a home birth before. And um, can we see, I'm like, can you get out of my house, please? I'm, like, I'm nice.
0: This is not buy a ticket time. This is
2: not a yeah, really.
1: like, Go. So, um, you know, at, at the end of the night we called Alexis's dad to let him know what was going on. Alexis's mom was obviously there so she knew what was going on. Uh, midwife left, the duel had already left. And we got a call the next day no, you called her. We called my mother the next day, and got reamed for not telling her that he was born, not not calling her that night, not, not including her, her in the over. in the proceedings. The whole process. Oh, okay. Like she okay. wanted to be here. She wanted to.
2: She basically wanted to cut the cord.
1: Yeah. <sighs> to blow birthday okay. candles, everything.
2: Um, now mind you after I had Aries um, I had some complications and I had some postpartum bleeding and um, at the time we found out that I was actually pregnant twins and had lost one of the twins during my pregnancy and that caused some other issues so it was a very emotional night um, which is really the only reason we didn't call her I was exhausted Um,
0: like we were already dealing with enough at that point
2: exactly it was like no we're not doing that tonight so we called her the following morning and she just went crazy
1: blew up like worse than than usual um she kept that up for a while uh aries started getting a little bit older we started letting her come over and spend time with him wholly supervised because one of the few things that alexis told me about the situation my mother our son was that she was afraid that she's a flight risk
2: which was very hard to tell Andrew, because that's his mother. And I didn't want to offend him. But I I just had this mommy instinct telling me that she's trying to take our son. I was scared that she was going to like get DSS involved that she was going to do anything in her power to get our son. I was terrified.
0: Other than just a, a remote feeling, was there some action or activity that she had done up to that point that made you say, or feel that this was what she was intending to do? I mean, other than the fact that she told you that A, you weren't fit and B, that she needed to be there the night of, or was there more Uh, to it than that?
2: There was definitely more to it. She, I mean, she wanted to watch him right after he was born. She, just the way that she acted towards me. um, She wanted to be alone with him all the time. Well, even before he was born, she was very, she would call me and ask how he was doing, would not talk to me, but would talk to like my unborn child. Um, it just gave me really heebie-jeebie vibes. And then after he was born is whenever, um, so she just, would say things,
0: go ahead. No, no I'm saying, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go up, please. <laughs> um,
2: she would just do things to try to garner control of him.
0: Um, so you were just a baby <laughs> facilitator at that point to her.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I, okay. I was just a clone machine is what I call myself. Uh, just a little clone because I cloned Andrew because they <laughs> look identical.
1: <laughs> um, so about, I would say, three months into Aries' life, my mother came over
2: and... Oh, he was like six months old at that point because he already had his lip tie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, wait, we already... spent
1: four months uh, with Aries. No, no, it
2: was four months. It was four months.
1: With Aries screaming, crying and unconsolable and we found out that he had an issue latching so we had to deal with the tongue tie lip tie and that's that's about when we had to start bottle feeding too
2: it was and so other medical things started coming up with him and it this is whenever i really started pushing Andrew's mother to give me more information medical history on his family um, which it would always end up with her trying to manipulate us and crying and saying, God, I can't tell you. I need to talk to a lawyer. Um, she told us that she needed to talk. That was her always go to. After Aries is born, I need to talk to a lawyer. No, so I can't tell you anything unless I talk to a lawyer. <laughs> We're like, what? So at this point, Curious. it's a rolling joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a rolling joke in my family because he looks nothing like his mother. It was like, oh, well, your mama just took you from some laddie. Some we don't know.
1: So. We always we always joke that it was like uh, Enrique Iglesias' child. Or... <laughs> it's like oh, you were you stolen.
2: So I mean, we would talk about it at family gatherings. Like, yeah,
1: huge joke. Um, so around six months in, um, we we first of all started noticing that he had a little bit of weakness in his right side,
2: On his right arm,
1: in his right arm. So we got a brachial plexic injury. Um, Diagnosis. Diagnosis, thank you. And what that is, is just as he was coming out, his shoulder would have gotten caught on Alexis's hip and him being pulled out would have been, uh, just would have pulled it farther than usual and caused an injury.
2: Um, Making him unable to really have a whole lot of function in that arm. But, and I talked to the midwife, and because of course I was out of it when he was born, so I don't know what side came out first. yeah. and she told us that it was like well his left side came out first not his right side that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense i'm like no that doesn't um so, so he had to start doing a bunch of therapies and we were trying to get insurance for him because at this time he didn't have insurance and um therapy is expensive therapy is very expensive so we his mother she, want, yeah. come.
1: Oh, she came over one day uh sat down on the couch and the the just the absolute gall of this woman blows my mind. I wish I had a 10th of her ability to do this, but she looked at us and she said, I'm going to get an insurance policy on Aries under my name. Now, when I okay. heard that, I, I had been working with attorneys for about eight years, 10 years almost, and that didn't sound right. So I started looking into it. Well, when you get an insurance policy on a, on a minor, you have certain rights to them, certain access to medical records, certain um, yes, you do. signing rights, that sort of thing. So I I knew something was wrong there. And we denied her 100% said, no, absolutely not.
2: Well, then um, she would start talking and saying that there could be nothing wrong with her grandchild and that we needed to get a second opinion and basically completely dismissing our concerns and worries about our child. Um and that we, once again, were just inexperienced and we had no distance out of child.
0: other. Uh, growing up, you, talk about, uh, you talked about um, feeling uh, separated uh, from your family. You, you've, you talked about... Uh... Thank you for listening to part one of the story of Andrew and Alexis. Part two of that story will take place one week from today, right here on Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcast fof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay Focused on Forward.